Hey y'all. Hey y'all. I'm Ashley. And I'm Charlotte. And together we are... Wokish Podcast. Nice. On today's episode, we are talking about implicit bias and how to overcome it. And of course, we have a cocktail for you guys before we get started. So we really are looking for a cocktail this week that would encompass everything we're talking about, diversity and spicing up your life. We'll get to that in a little bit. So we picked a vegan chai latte cocktail. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of words just to say cocktail. But we picked it because it had a lot it has a lot of moving parts in it that we'll go into detail towards the end of exactly why we picked this cocktail. But essentially it is made up of chai tea, water, maple syrup, a two shots of espresso, a three if you're me. Um, to make it vegan. Depends what time of day you're drinking our cocktail. Yeah. Or what your love, what status your love life is. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, plant-based milk and some vodka and a little star, I cannot say this word, anise? Anise. Anise um, to garnish. I like Googled how to say this word. And I still came down to it. From it saying. does look like Anise. <laughs> it does. I feel, I feel like I have a friend. Her name was Anise and it was called just like this. Thanks a lot, Anise. Well, maybe you should have been calling her Anise. <laughs> Anise. Your name is Anise. I, mean, I don't know what your mother named you, but your name was really Anise. <laughs> so that's our cocktail. And um, yeah, we'll go into detail while we picked that cocktail. In our last couple of episodes, we've been talking about privilege. So just as a recap we defined privilege as access to resources opportunities and treatment as a result of one of the identities that you belong to Mm -hmm. and so the identities that we talked about have been race gender religion class sexual orientation etc and so having privilege means that you have access to treatment resources opportunities by virtue of being part of one of those identities and lacking privilege means that because of one of your many identities you do not by nature get access to those resources opportunities or treatment so we talked about what it means to have gender privilege and we talked about how when when we speak about gender privilege it generally refers to male privilege because of the history of gender relations in the United States and how we really have a system that has been set up by and for men that has not always taken into account the perspectives of women. And one way that we said we see gender privilege playing out in the world is in the workplace a lot. We talked about how you could be not being heard or taken seriously or um, your ideas not being considered because they didn't come from a male voice. We've seen male privilege in the sense of your everyday life. Like I talked a lot about me wanting to travel for my 30th birthday and having to look up places that it was safe and okay for a woman to travel alone and just how men don't necessarily need to do that and just you know in your everyday life walking into your mailbox to get your mail you know like for me my mailbox I live in an apartment so it's towards the front of the complex and just having to be a little bit more cognizant about your environment we talked about those types of explicit biases when it comes to gender and we also talked about race privilege and which that typically boils down to white privilege and what that looks like and we gave examples of explicit bias in that in that area um, in our previous episodes yeah and we 
have tried to emphasize that privilege is something that is a result of your identity, and that it's not something that's earned. It's not something that is necessarily deserved or not deserved. It's just a fact of the life that we live in the society that we're a part of. And so there's really no need to feel defensive if someone says that you have privilege. We talked a little bit about like white defensiveness and how sometimes when someone hears that, you know, white privilege, they automatically get defensive. But essentially what we're saying is that's not any fault of your own. You didn't set out to get a job or not get a job because you were white, you know? So if we just wanted to make it known that white privilege and race privilege in general and all privilege, is not, right, it's not something that you earned or didn't earn, like Charlotte said. Yeah, and as human beings, we're complex and we all have a whole variety of different identities that we belong to. And you can have privilege associated with some identities and lack privilege associated with others. So we find an intersection between the different identities and the different levels of privilege that we experience. So if you're a man, you can experience male privilege. You can have male privilege, but if you're a black man, then you lack the white privilege and you experience discrimination and implicit bias that is a result of having a black identity. If you're a gay white man, then you may experience white privilege, but also experience discrimination and homophobia associated with your sexual identity. If you are a black gay man, then you may in some ways experience male privilege, but your privilege may be superseded by the lack of privilege that you experience by being gay and by being black. And the same thing goes for all of the identities that we can possibly have. So privilege is extremely complex, and it's not only related to one identity or the other. And that's reality, you know. It's not, again, it's not anyone's doing. It's just the reality of our... Well, it's someone's doing, but not... It is true. It's called slavery, not joking. (laughs) But yeah, that might not have been your personal doing. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's really important as individuals to reflect on our own areas of privilege and areas where we may or may not lack privilege and see how that may affect the way that we move around in the world, how we are treated, but also how we treat other people. Beautiful. In our last episodes, we talked about some examples of discrimination being a result of lack of privilege. So, you know, women being heard less and being promoted less in the workplace, um, Black people being given stricter sentences for the same crimes that are committed by white people. And those are some examples of explicit discrimination that we see experienced by people who lack race privilege and lack gender privilege. When we talk about explicit bias, And we think about explicit sexism and explicit racism and explicit homophobia. We're talking about and thinking about these really outward examples of hatred or discrimination against people who don't fall into the quote normal identity categories. And those are things that we can speak out against. But most of us are not explicitly racist, sexist, homophobic, etc., And so oftentimes it's easy for us to just say, well, I'm not part of the problem because I don't do those things. I don't hate black people and I don't hate women and I don't treat people differently. I'm different. Yeah, so not all white people, not all men. And that in many ways is true. 
That doesn't mean that there isn't anything that we are doing that's harmful to people who experience bias and discrimination because of a lack of privilege or because of not falling into one of the, quote, normal identity categories. And it also doesn't mean that there isn't anything that we can do to help improve the status of the world, the treatment, resources, and opportunities that are available to people who lack privilege and experience discrimination and bias and prejudice as a result of their lack of privilege. And that's where implicit bias comes in. Which are defined as attitudes or stereotypes that affect your understanding and actions and your decisions in an unconscious manner. So it's something that you just naturally do. So these biases are activated involuntarily without an individual's awareness or intentional control, which is the opposite of explicit bias. We all have implicit bias, and these things are learned throughout our entire lives, and oftentimes we don't even realize that we have implicit bias, and we don't even realize what those implicit biases are. The implicit biases that we have are a result of a lifetime of our own personal experiences, but even more so experiences with things that our families say and do as we are growing up and the things that our friends say and do and the onslaught of media that we receive via television and the internet and the books that we're reading, the music that we're listening to. And it's completely normal for our brains to work this way. Our brains work by taking in all of the information around us and noticing patterns and then making generalizations about those patterns in order for us to move more easily around the world in our day-to-day lives. But implicit biases are just as powerful as explicit biases, if not more powerful, because they perpetuate these cultural norms and perceptions and expectations about gender roles and race roles and all of those other things about our identities that ultimately normalize the current hierarchy and, quote, normal sexual orientation, religion, gender, race, class, and all of those other identities and normalize the hierarchy of those things, which effectively leads to the explicit examples of bias and discrimination and racism and sexism and homophobia that we see happening in the world. So every single one of us, because of our implicit biases, has thoughts and beliefs and perceptions and maybe even actions that perpetuate those normalizations and those societal hierarchies. So there have been a lot of studies about implicit bias, and it's really not up for a discussion about whether or not it exists. Like, we know that it exists. There's a ton of research that shows it, and you can just do a really quick Google search and find a ton of articles if that's something that you're interested in looking up. Some examples of some common implicit biases related to the topics that we've discussed so far, to the the topics of privilege that we have discussed so far. So there was a Harvard study that showed that 76% of men and women, 76% of all people, think implicitly that men are better suited for a life of a career and women are better suited for homemaking. And this study was done just a couple years ago, like 2014, I think. And so most people, if you ask them straight out, will not tell you that they think women belong in the kitchen. Right. (laughs) Like we just, you know, as a society, we don't have that perception anymore. And I think that's a really great example of an implicit bias because 
of that study, if you asked them straight out if they thought that men and women were equally suited for careers versus homemaking, they would say absolutely yes. Yeah. So it's one thing to know something logically, but it's a totally different thing to believe it truly and not have these little snippets of beliefs and perceptions in your mind. And this is not something that affects only men. This is something that affects women as well. Women are just as likely to have implicit biases against other women as men are. And there have been studies that show that women are more likely to have biases against women who are in leadership positions. When I was younger, I had this perception that Hillary Clinton was a mean lady. And looking back on that now, of course, that was because she's a woman and I felt like women were meant to be maternal and caring and kind and nice. My biggest concern was that she wasn't nice. And that's an implicit bias that I have based on the stereotypes about the way that women and girls are meant to behave. And it also just goes to show how explicit bias and implicit bias clearly you can have they can be your implicit bias and bias can go blatantly against your belief system. Mm-hmm. Um, which just shows that it's an unconscious bias that you don't give much thought to. It just kind of is what it is because of what you said, your brain teaches you to think this way. Yeah, based on the things that we see mm-hmm. around us. So if you constantly see news media outlets that are portraying certain group of people a certain way, your brain starts your brain to will pick up on that. Perceive that, that even if you know, even if logically your things are both you know, like, I have friends who are in that category, and they don't behave that way. Yeah. But if you see it enough times from other places, then it becomes real to your brain. You start thinking that your friends are the exception. Right, exactly. And an example that we were talking about before we started recording, in terms of race, is even if you believe that all races are equal, there is still a likelihood that you or anyone, me, you, any of our listeners, will still have this fear if a black man is walking behind you on the street or a group of mm-hmm. black boys walks down your street you might lock your door mm-hmm. or in Ashley's case of a group of <laughs> white people walks down your street you lock your Change door was real. <laughs> out of spite <laughs> but I think that's really real you know like we have all of these examples of like Kermit Patty who was the woman who called the cops on a young black girl who was selling water bottles on her street and if you imagine if there was a white girl who was selling water bottles on the street that woman probably would have been like oh that's so cute instead of just picking up the phone and calling the cops or she would have reacted very differently so there's definitely some element of implicit bias that led to her calling the cops or I saw something about uh, Airbnb guests who called the cops on a black boy who was across the street in their neighborhood who was there to mow the lawn. And again, if that had been a white boy there or, you know, a girl, there would have been a very different reaction and no one would have called the cops on them. And so we see examples of implicit bias playing out all the time on the news and social media and in the way that Black people, especially Black boys, are treated by the cops and the way that Ashley's mom was assumed to be the housekeeper when she moved into a predominantly white neighborhood in North Carolina and we don't it's hard to admit to ourselves because we don't want to have those perceptions so what I was reading it says that implicit biases are not accessible through introspection 
I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true. I don't think that's true. Because I can look at myself and tell yeah. what I'm doing. There's a podcast called Invisibilia that I really like. And last season, in 2017, they did an episode about implicit bias or unconscious bias. And they talked to this guy who's from California. Mm. He's a white guy, but, you know, Californians think that they're like, you know. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, California is a very liberal area, and so there's this perception that, you know, there's less racism there, and there's, yeah, you know, right. people are very, you know, <laughs> people think that it doesn't affect them. Racism is not a part of their life. Anyway, so there's this white guy who, he and his wife adopted a black child, mm-hmm. a black daughter, and he talked about how he had always felt like, you know, I'm very progressive, and I've overcome my biases, I'm not any bit racist and then one day he was walking by a bus stop mm-hmm. and he saw there was a woman at the bus stop and there was also an older black guy who was near the bus stop mm-hmm. and he noticed that his gut reaction was to stop and watch and make sure that the woman was okay and in that moment he realized watching himself do this that even though he's a Californian and he's so liberal. He's got a he, black kid. Yeah, he fights for like equality between races and he's adopted a black child. He still had these implicit biases that he didn't even realize that he had. And I think that's really powerful. It is. And he shows such a great deal of introspection. Introspection. Oh, I don't want to put an O in there so bad. <laughs> you put an extra P in there. Did I? Introspection. <laughs> Interest, inter, okay. What In, introspection. Introspection. I'm probably saying it wrong now, too. No, you're probably saying Introspection. Um, because it's hard to catch yourself in those moments. Like, I, I catch myself, like, when I'm in neighborhoods that are, like, to me, gentrified. I have to catch myself and be like, okay, these people are not going to call the cops because, you know, like, you, you just have this, this stereotype right. that, that just because there are white people in a gentrified neighborhood that they're going to try and change the neighborhood and they're this and they're that. So I have to not be like, mm, why are you in this black people neighborhood? And I kept myself like, you don't know these people's lives. You don't know what brought them to this neighborhood. You don't know, you know, like, I have to definitely um, check myself when I'm doing it. So I can, I, I totally think, but that, that's the one thing I have noticed that I do. And y'all are trying to call the cops. Yeah, they gonna be the next bunch from barbecue Becky or whatever they were <laughs> permit patty. <laughs> and and that's again another bias that I have that yeah pick it up on because I've seen that media you know right. because I've yeah. seen that happen over and over again on yeah. the media that now it seems like it must be true. And gentrification is a really important topic, but it's a lot more complex than the media makes it out to be most of the time. But I think that's also a really important point, because when we're talking about implicit bias, we're not only talking about implicit bias against people who have been historically the oppressors, mm-hmm. like white people or men. Yeah. Like you can still have implicit biases about those groups of people mm-hmm. who, that are not true, based on whatever information you are surrounding yourself with. Mm-hmm. And for people, for some people, I think that's probably a protection mechanism, Mm -hmm. right? Like in some areas, it's probably safer to assume if you're a black person that the white cop is wanting to harm you. Yeah. Um, But for those of us that are not living in those worlds, we get to, it can be a bit dangerous, I think, to 
allow ourselves to really fully fall into those beliefs. I guess it, it is kind of a safety it, it is and it's not, right? It's like, I think about Jordan Davis, the young boy who shot um, for playing the music too long, and it's like, after that happened, I purposely played my music loud, but it was also like, it's dangerous. Yeah. Because people just assume that when you're playing loud rap music, you you're must a be a drug, right? Yeah. You must be. And I would play rap music, gospel music, whatever the hell I was listening to that day. I was just playing. I would just be playing it loud, and I still play my music loud. Um, but it, but it's, uh, you know, putting your tone, time, tone placing yourself to stay safe. It could have saved his life. Like if he had done, this white man is going to be offended by our music, right? But he should, he shouldn't have had to do that. Right, absolutely. But it definitely could have. Yeah. Same well, and I was thinking while you were talking, I was thinking about Naya Wilson, who yeah. is a black woman who was slaughtered on um, public transit mm-hmm. in California, who, like, had she been terrified of all white people, maybe she would have run away. Went well, that way. Yeah. Right. Like, but, because white people are supposed to be safe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, we don't want to live in a world where we have to be terrified of each other, you know? So you shouldn't have to have this fear. And maybe also off topic, but this week my um, place of work put out a documentary about um, health disparities based on race Mm -hmm. and class, Mm -hmm. and they were talking about how black people are much more likely to develop hypertension and diabetes and heart disease and all of these things because of the stress that they experience and throughout basically the duration of their lives, which we kind of touched on in our episode last week, because there's a lot of stress when people are staring at you or clutching their purse when you walk by or locking their car door when you walk by or running into their house because a black person walked by even though you live next door or like what happened to your mom where it was assumed that she was the nanny which is not a danger but is also infuriating and to constantly be anticipating those kinds of things so the stress of those things increases your cortisol levels, which increases your risk of heart disease. Which is why I'm like maybe going off a little bit off topic, but why I'm loving this whole like I feel like in the black community at least there's this newfound like black power. Just kind of like we're gonna get all this blackness today yeah. because it it is exhausting trying to fit into someone else's norm. Yeah. And, I, and it's exhausting and it's stressful trying to yeah. not be so black so that right. you can be accepted. And it's like, if you have to constantly think about, how can I make myself more marketable? But no, right. I am who I am. Like, I straightened my hair this week, but next week, back to being nappy. So, you're going to get this right. nappy hair, you're going to get this melon, you know? And so, I, I love that lately that there's been this whole movement to just be who you are. Yeah, which you don't seems, have to conform right. to the white standards yeah. to be accepted. Yeah, and it seems... Like, duh, and like maybe black people haven't been doing that, but we totally have. Yeah. And again, I think maybe for safety reasons or to be able to get that job and not right. be so stressed out, yeah. but that also creates another form of stress. So, yeah. Um, so, anyway, mm-hmm. implicit bias, but implicit bias goes into all of those things that we were discussing, right? So, like, implicit bias is what leads your employer to be less likely to hire a black person because even though they might be all about diversity, something in the back of his or her mind says the white person is more qualified for Mm -hmm. the job. 
people might be easier to work yeah, with. Right. More, like, right. Yeah. The black woman will get sassy when yeah. you go along with the coworkers or or other people might perceive the black if we have clients. The clients might feel more comfortable right. with yeah. a certain Yeah, and same thing with hiring LGBTQ or hiring women or hiring all of these people that fall outside of the quote white cis money yeah. norms that our society has built for. That happens so much in my tattoo level. They talk to you, they want, like, if you're a tattooed up, you could be a great person in Shopware, you can have a, a degree in it, but if you've got, if you don't look the part, you don't look like that stereotypical kindergarten teacher. Yeah. Like, bye. Yeah. So, yeah, just more examples of implicit bias. I was telling Charlotte before we started recording that, like, I still look at Asian um, men and women as just automatically being smart. Like, oh, they must be smart. They must have a great job. Oh, they must be really good at computers. They must be really good at computers. And also piano. And she's probably thinking like, really, bitch. But <laughs> no, I mean, no. but I, like, um, I guess, I just tell her, like, I, I think, I'm, like, I know I have this bias, but I've never really tried to not have it. Because to me, it's like, okay, people think you're smart. Where's the harm in that? But I remember, remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about the guy in my Uber, the Asian yeah, guy who came uh-huh. to Kevin. Yeah. He was saying, like, people just automatically thought, think that he's smart, so he struggled in school. And so, like, this idea that all your implicit bias doesn't necessarily have to be negative, but it can have a negative effect on the people mm-hmm. that you are gearing up towards. So, or if you're an Asian person who may be struggling in school or just an artsy kind of, like, not not an intellectual type or what have you, which is, like, clearly anyone cannot be, uh... It doesn't, you can still be a successful, happy, right. happy human being without being, quote, successful in academia. Exactly. Um, but, so, it's like, you have this pressure that people put upon you to be someone that you're not just because of your implicit bias. Yeah. Just like with black people, they think, oh, you know how to dance. Yeah, right. I can't dance for nothing. Like, don't ask me. So I feel, I do feel inferior when I go yeah. dancing because I don't know how to dance. I and look, you feel like you should. Yeah, I should know <laughs> how to twerk. <laughs> I'm sure that you can still twerk better than me. I probably can, but it's not that much better. Yeah, but it's funny. I was talking to someone at a meeting about that the other day. Yeah. She was saying, like, I'm the only black person in the world that doesn't know how to dance. Girl, and I'm like, nah. but I'm like, you, okay, first of all, like, okay, <laughs> I get that you have that bias against you, but also, look, if you say that you're the only person that, only black person that doesn't know how to dance, you're, that means you're that you also have into that it. bias. You're feeding into it. But I was reading the Issa Rae book, the other day. The awkward black girl? Yeah, the yeah, Adventures yeah. of an Awkward Black Girl, and she talks about that, too, mm-hmm. a lot, but, like, she doesn't dance at all. She was at a party, yes. and someone had tricked her into doing a dance-off or something, <laughs> and then she just bombed. Like, it was horrible. <laughs> and that's not a bad, like, being able to dance is not bad. Right, like, it seems silly, right? It seems it's far silly. less dangerous than, like, then, clutching your purse when exactly. a black guy walks behind you on the street. But we, we have it, and we yeah, don't just... And it makes you feel bad. Yeah. And I think another example of a positive bias that has a negative effect is what we saw on Instagram a couple weeks ago. There's a a chick that we follow, a woman that we follow, um, who's very into activism and social justice, and she posted something, she posted about how 
there is often a lot of idolization of black women, but especially among white women and people who are, um, you know, people who are into activism and social justice, who are trying to break down their own stereotypes and biases, in many cases will swing too hard the other way and then begin to idolize black women and black people and say, oh, you've overcome all of these things in order to achieve the same things that I have achieved and you're amazing and wonderful and smart and all of the good things in the whole world and really put them on a pedestal that seems really nice and great and but in not some deserved. ways, true. Well, maybe, maybe he deserves. Well, that lady's kind of hateful. This person is kind of hateful, but um, yeah, in some cases it may be deserved. But when you are do that, it's the same, similar to the dance bias, yeah, where yeah. you do the sweeping generalization that puts all black women onto a pedestal that says you have to be amazing and wonderful and brave and smart and yeah. all of the things. Yeah. But we're all just people trying to be people and I can see how having that pressure or that expectation put on you would also make you feel alienated rather than make you feel like you have achieved equality oh my gosh that's the thing of like the church community I was a part of how like I think everyone expected me to always have like these super deep in like thought-provoking and let's see what Ashley has to say conversations and yeah like it made me start feeling inadequate because like no I'm just regular like I just I have broken regular thoughts like everybody else like sometimes I do have to knuckle down to say (laughs) and not all the time so yeah I I totally see that hello Ashley Ashley you have something to say what's Ashley (laughs) got to say like nah no I'm good like I'm not about to, I don't want to off, no, I'm, I'm fine, chilling. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that's also, that also kind of ties into this expectation that we have of like, you know, you're black, like we're both women, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to come to you and like ask you questions about what it means to be a woman, right, but right. you're black and I'm not, so if I have questions about like the black experience, I might come to you and be like, oh, let me pester you with all of these questions. Tell me everything that it means to be a black woman. Tell me how it feels. And, <laughs> and like, black people and women and people in the LGBT community are not Google. No. They're not your dictionary, and they're not around to provide you with all of the information and all of the experiences of everyone in the world, right? Like, we're all individuals, and it's not appropriate for me to come and ask you to tell me what life, what life is like as a black woman. Because you can provide me with your experience if you right. want to do that. And I think, and the problem is, you ask those questions and then you think that that's, you know, a generalization for all black right. women. But really, that's just Ashley's question. Right. Um, that's why I love that episode of the Van, Van Jones show when he was the um, gay boy from the center. Because uh-huh. there was a woman on there and I was talking about her name. But she was just saying, like, you know, don't walk up to someone who's different from you and ask them, how did you get this way? You know, like, yeah. it was just, yeah. like, the questions that we just feel so um, entitled, essentially, to ask. And, and I think a lot of times it comes from a place of genuine curiosity and wanting to learn, but totally doesn't 
it totally disregards the perspective of the other person as a human being and not your science project or your case study. Um, I just want to learn. I just, I'm just curious. So, like, go to Google. You can learn a lot on your own. And then find a community where you can ask those things rather than putting the labor on to this other individual to provide you with all of the answers that you priority first. Um, and, we're, and we're not saying don't ask it. Like, yeah, find the community. Yeah. Like, because I would love to have more. I think we ask more questions have conversations better off, but come, come to the table with something. Yeah, and there are so many ways that you can educate yourself spice up your own life before demanding that labor and education from other people. So I think first, look inward, look on your own, and then take that baseline out into the world and try to look at others. So implicit bias is a way that we can all tackle the underlying assumptions and beliefs and perceptions about people who are underprivileged. And there's a connection between our implicit bias and the explicit bias and discrimination that we see in the world. So if we as individuals can reflect on our own privilege and then turn that into a reflection on our own implicit biases, then we can hopefully start to address or at least better understand these explicit biases and explicit discrimination that are happening in the world. Good point. Because if you think you're immune to the problem, then you're not going to be part of the solution to the problem. I like that. That's so, I just yeah. gave an example. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do it. Put that I mean, we there. all do it. We all do it. And I think, you know, even having self-awareness doesn't mean that you've identified all of the implicit biases that you have. I think there's still a lot that I haven't tackled, but it's a process, right? And for us, that's 30 years of perceptions and biases that have been ingrained into us. And so it's not going to take a five-episode podcast right. to turn your entire life upside right. down. It's a lot of work and patience and intentionality. Intentionality. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the silver lining is the same way you learned it, you can unlearn it, which is why representation, I know we've been hearing this so much, but representation matters. If you grew up only seeing Bill Nye Science Guy, we Bill, all love him, Bill, Bill. but Bill could have been Belisha. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Could have been a woman, could have been a black woman. But I mean, so it's like we have these stereotypes that we learn through media, so the rest of this episode, we want to talk about one strategy to combat your implicit biases and that is spicing up your life. We know that these things are malleable. We know that we have learned them, and as such, we can unlearn them. So how do we do that? We spice up your life. We spice it up like a dirty chai. Yeah. <laughs> And what do, what do we mean by that? We mean by having friends of different backgrounds, being more cognizant of the books that you read and the TV shows that you watch and the social media you use every day. And We have this onslaught of media yeah. every single day, especially now with social media, Facebook, Instagram, Non-stop. Twitter. We've got podcasts, you read books, you watch TV, you watch movies, and... All of those things are taken in by our brain. Our brain notices the patterns and makes generalizations based on them. So 
if we want to unlearn our perceptions, we need to take in new information so that our brains can notice those new patterns and then make new assumptions and perceptions. Yeah. Our brains are smart enough to learn it, so we're smart enough to unlearn it. And like we said, it just means broadening your your world. Like I loved the social media and then um, this idea of like where you get your news from. Just because I feel like we weren't necessarily allowed to watch too much news as we were kids, but you can't get away from news and you can't get yeah. away from you can't get away from social media, but it's pretty hard. Well, most people don't want to. No, like how would I know what my niece is doing? <laughs> I'm so not on Instagram. <laughs> she won't tell me on phone on the phone, but she'll take a picture of it. And then even like for me in the church I choose to be a part of, it's really easy to go to a predominantly black church, but that's not what church is supposed to look like. It's not supposed to be homogeneous. So, but it's difficult. Martin Luther King Jr talks about in one of his papers, church hours are the most segregated hours in the United States. White people go to white people churches, Asians go to Asian churches, or Mm -hmm. black people go to black people churches, and church is not supposed to be like that. So, I mean, it's just the idea of being in every area of your life trying to diversify it. I think one of the reasons why I really like the idea of diversifying first your social media, your TV, your radio, your books, is because it's challenging to navigate the waters of diversifying the actual people that are in your life. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because, first of all, as an adult, it's really hard to make friends, period. That's why they have Bumblebee effect. (laughs) Oh my god, I need that in my life. (laughs) That's crazy, yeah. (laughs) But I think it's also, you know, one of the hard things about diversifying the actual people in your life is that, like, it's not appropriate to seek out specifically like black friends or Asian friends or LGBTQ friends right, right. because again, like they're not pets and they're human beings. I mean, we make connections with human beings because we have a connection with them and it's not cool to be like, Oh, I just need to find more gay friends so that I can have a token gay friend. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, that sounded so bad coming out of your mouth. Like, <laughs> like people, people don't actually think like that. Do they? But, oh but my God. I mean, I think that, so I've known a number of women, especially in the last couple of years, like, I, like white women who have said I'm only dating black men now what? because white men are horrible and just don't understand what it feels to be like, a, quote, oppressed. Shut and, the heck up. Yeah. And I think like I understand where that comes from. And that's a little bit different because it's not an, an intentional no. like this is my token Black no, but that is no. It's just it's my token like, black boyfriend. But now, right, like. yeah, like you understand what it, like first of all, white women, you do not understand what it means to be a, to black, be a black person. Um, but second of all, like that's just not, and that's I mean, you find a relationship with someone because you have a connection with them, mm-hmm. and maybe your connection is with someone of the same skin color or someone of a different skin color, but you, you don't, don't seek actually that out. seek out someone with a specific skin color. No, I'm so, seeking all people at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I think the easiest thing to do to diversify your life right off the bat is notice the people that you follow on Instagram, notice the TV shows that you watch, notice the books that you read. Can you, you can, diversify and bring more perspectives into that social media world or media world that you live in. You don't have to go seek out LGBTQ friends 
but you can watch. Queer Eye. Yes. We love that show. <laughs> we love you, Jonathan, if you ever yeah, listen. Yeah. <laughs> he has his own podcast. He doesn't need us. And obviously, you know, the five guys on Queer Eye don't represent every single LGBTQ person in the world, but, like, right. that's a place to start, and that's a really entertaining, heartwarming show, and it's on Netflix, so you probably already have access to it. If you don't, I can give you my cousin's <laughs> third uncles. <laughs> yeah, just message us and we'll find you some login we'll give, information. We'll give you a login. But, you know, you can watch uh, Nanette, which is the new Netflix comedy special, and you can watch, you know, Blackish. You can watch Insecure is so good. Uh, Wait, and if you want to be around white people, what Portlandia? You can watch literally anything. Anything on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, like but like, else. you can watch Southern Charm. No, <laughs> no please don't. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, Jersey Shore. <laughs> but seriously, like most. Most mainstream media has been dominated by white straight people. So if you don't have a lot of white straight people in your life, I don't know where you're living. Yeah. Um, so probably that's not an issue. Yeah, but we do love friends. Yes. Oh yeah, friends. And yeah, lots of lots of. I mean, I'm not saying that white shows dominated by white people are bad. No, we love some of them. Like some of them are great. But actively, you know, you can actively seek out shows that have women leads. See some strong women in your life see some strong LGBTQ women. Have you heard about Posse? I think uh, that's what it's called on FX. It's like... Ooh, watch Atlanta. Atlanta's yeah. Show. I'm trying to get into it. Posse is like um, the transgender community. Okay. Of, of like, I think it's the 70s or the 80s. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. Uh, you gotta watch it. Like, it's hard right? to explain. You just gotta watch <laughs> it. But that show is doing some big things. Okay. I mean, I think Janet Mock is involved in it. A lot of other, like, it's not a show that's about transgenders. It's not being uh-huh. written by transgenders. So that's, that part of it is amazing. But it, yeah, if you haven't seen it, just cut, watch an episode, the first episode, and you'll get a feel for it. But if you have children, it's about the books you buy for them, the things, the music right. you can listen Absolutely. to. Uh, all that stuff matters. I was just telling Charlotte, I've been in childcare for 10 plus years, and I've been in one school that had literally one book that was called, um, daddy papa and me and it was you know clearly the child had two dads and you know that's the only type of lgbtq friendly book i've ever seen in the 10 plus years yeah. i've been around children and you know and what you're exposed to as a child shapes matters. your views and your perspectives. Uh, you're gonna be like me at 30 yeah. and think that all asian people are smart <laughs> <laughs> so it matters yeah, it matters. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's so much diversity out there. It's just a matter of seeking it out. So make an effort to watch TV shows and movies that have women and people of color, immigrants as the leads or main characters. Check your Instagram and your Twitter and follow people who fall into those categories too. I mean, anything that you are interested in, if you like to follow food things on Instagram, you can find diverse chefs all over the place. If you like to garden, you can find diverse gardeners. I mean, literally anything that you want, you can find. And Instagram is really easy because everything's a hashtag. Right there. So just like search women of color authors or something. And you're literally and a hashtag find. away. Yeah. So yeah, so the same thing goes for like your your books if you like to read find some authors that are diverse mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of women of color authors there's plenty of lgbtq authors there's lots of immigrant authors you can read books from people that are from all over the world um yeah there's 
there's so much out there and diversify your news source maybe if you follow news so like maybe you're not really into following news and that's totally cool it's pretty it is overwhelming um and tv i don't know like who even has regular tv anymore we don't maybe everyone else does and i just don't it comes with my rights so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we only reason. have like Netflix and news. but you know those things also if you want to get different perspectives you can and should follow on like twitter or instagram or facebook you can get the highlights of things just by following on social media and i think you know do that for any news but also do it for a diverse news so that you're not getting the siloed perspective of one outlet over another right yeah so lots of ways to diversify your life spice up your life send us your book recommendations and if you know a real diverse church in atlanta hit me up because i can't find one <laughs> yeah, send us your recs or just try it out and let us know how it's going for you. If or if you need recommendations from us, also, please feel free. <laughs> I need more friends, so I'll be your black <laughs> friend. You can get on Bumble Bestie and find Ashley. I'll be on there. My username is. <laughs> um, I mentioned before I wanted to talk about why we chose the cocktail that we chose. Um, just for all those different reasons. The cocktail is made up of chai tea that has Indian origin. Water. We all water. Water is global. <laughs> it's beautiful. Maple syrup, Canadian, um, espresso. You can pick it. You can pick African. your country. Right, you can pick it. Rwanda. Anywhere. Ethiopia, Honduras. Guatemala. Guatemala. You can pick Guatemalan. <laughs> I actually have some. Um, and then... <laughs> A plant-based milk that comes from anywhere in California. Like California. Get your almonds. Word up. Vodka, Russia. You get you some Russian vodka. I'm not even... I wanted to insert witty political joke there. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, And then the star... Say it again. Anna. And its, it's origin is like you think in Indian so in, in Chinese. So... That's why we chose that super diverse, diverse. cocktail um, to make one and amazing if, thing. Yeah, and if you want to diversify your life by drinking cocktails from all over the world, we totally support yeah, that. Yeah, because then maybe you, you'll be inclined to go to those places. Yeah, yeah. Or just, like, read about them. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm just projecting my wants on everybody I mean, else. Yeah, yeah. Fully support traveling everywhere. <laughs> So yeah, let us know. How's Do the going? things. Let us know what you find, who you find, who we should be following, who we should be watching, who we should be reading. If we missed anything. Yeah. Um, Which I'm sure we did. 45 minutes is not long enough to no. cover everything in the world, but start diversifying your life and see where it takes you. And let us know how the process is going. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Adios. Bye.